Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. The freakiest antiquiest. What antiques we talk about this week? This was actually a listener suggestion from our homie Sarita. Hey, Sarita. So we're going to talk about Catherine Holm enamelware. And you're going to love it because it's mid-century modern. Yay. (laughs) It is a type of vintage enamelware from Halden, Norway. And it is most famous for a line called Lotus Leaf Pattern from the 1960s, specifically 1962 to 1965, which features bold colors with a simple geometric lotus leaf shape. Going back a little bit, if you're not familiar with what enamelware is, enamelware is a layer of glass frit called enamel that is fired to a smooth, shiny finish over a metal base. It is still used today for cookware, and when kept in good condition, it can last a really, really long time. Now, uh, one thing I was really surprised to find, there's no Catherine Holm. Oh, so we sit on our throne of lies. Well, sort of. I mean, the factory is called Catherine Holm, all one word. It's just that when I saw Catherine Holm, I thought it would definitely have been a factory named for a Catherine Holm. One would assume, and yet... Catherine Holm actually began as an ironworks in 1827, making various implements out of wrought iron. So the name is just never explained. I could not find an explanation of why it was called that anywhere. There hasn't been any Catherine around here in 85 years. (laughs) And I read the book about their lead designer... (laughs) Who, again, we cannot stress enough, was not named Catherine in any aspect. (laughs) So they ended up transitioning to enamelware in part because it was more popular, people weren't really purchasing really old, heavy iron pieces anymore, and because it was cheaper to make. They did this transition around 1907, and they would continue making enamelware as their primary production until 1972, when the factory shut down. The Lotus pattern is 98% of what people talk about when they bring up Catherine Holm, to the point where I was actually very surprised to find out it is not the only design. It's not even the most common design. <laughs> it's just everyone's favorite. It is frequently attributed to their contracted designer, Greta Pierz Kittelsen. Can't help but notice that her name is also not Catherine. It is not. Although, she has actually disavowed her <laughs> her relationship to the lotus leaf pattern because she hates it, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Turns out she was working on the enamel colors, just solid colors and the coloring formulations. She was something of a whiz at mixing up enamel coatings. And she favored even simpler designs than the lotus leaf pattern. Um, one of the ones that she liked a lot was just a very large scallop of color over white. Ah, tis a gift to be simple, or so I'm told. Uh... Sure. Someone didn't go to Unitarian Universalist Church as a child. <laughs> You've heard that hymn, right? I have not. No, I mostly know Catholic hymns. They don't go, tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free in Catholicism? No, we don't do that. I guess looking at a cathedral, the word simplicity does not spring to mind. It is not our primary concern when it comes to worship, no. <laughs> And also, we'll never be free. We are forever shackled by sin. Have you considered nurturing the spark of the divine that is within all human beings instead? Not even once, thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my Catholics. Catholics in the chat, sound off. (laughs) No, I I really don't want to discuss theology with anyone. Do you have thoughts on theology? Do you have a problem with our views on the divine? (laughs) Or better yet, express your feelings in a five-star review in the podcasting app of your choice. (laughs) Five stars. I really liked when they argued about their personal ideation of the divine. Exactly what I come to my Cuss Word Antiques podcast for. It's my favorite part. 
Um, <laughs> the leaf motif itself was actually the brainchild of their other contracted designer, very famous, Arne Clausen. And mythologically, it is said that the lotus leaf was placed on Kittleson's designs, not only against her will, but without her knowledge. Oh, God. <laughs> In her own statement, she said, quote, I still don't like the pattern used most frequently on items produced in the mid-1960s, lotus. Oh god, how I fought against those lotus leaves then. Notably, her home actually does have quite a bit of Catherine Holm pieces in it. She is a fan of Scandinavian mid-century design. Being a Scandinavian mid-century designer, her home features exactly zero pieces of lotus leaf. Now, out of respect for Greta Kittleson, other patterns that exist is flag, which is the sort of scallop pattern that I described earlier, zebra, a very simple striped pattern, saturn, a pattern of very thin lines over one solid color, snowflakes, a pattern of white intersecting stripes over navy blue, and of course, gorgeous solid enamel colors. There are way more, but these are the ones that tend to be more common that you'll see pop up when you're looking for things that aren't specifically lotus leaf. You can't hear, but I nodded emphatically. Okay, that's good. Thank you. (laughs) We need to find a way to do emojis with our voices. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever invents voice emojis is going to make a killing. You're going to make a million dollars off of me specifically. (laughs) I actually walked away from this. I kind of want some of it. I feel like this happens with every episode you research, though, which does suggest to me that perhaps it is dangerous to ask you to continue to be the research guy. No, it's fine, because I don't have a lot of money, (laughs) which, uh, as we'll learn a little bit later, is going to be a real limiting factor on this. I see. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I'm just, I have a childlike wonder about these things, and everything in the world is so beautiful, it's hard not to fall in love with it, you know? One minute, my cats are making a mess. (laughs) Stop doing that! Our little gremlin's up to you now! There's just so much noise, and, and I don't even know what happened. Oh, Binks! Yeah, now I know what happened. Did Binksy Baby do a crime? Yeah, Binksy Baby did do a crime. Hey, come here. Come on, sit on my bed and stop screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, do you want to be on the show? <laughs> oh, you're gonna be now, Binks. This is too cute. Binks, what do you think of Catherine Holm? Do you have any insights on why it's named that? Think so you gonna be a podcast star? She tried to bat the microphone off the table when you said that, so I don't know, maybe she's <laughs> <laughs> She's had it up to fucking here with podcasting. <laughs> all the talking all the time. Put Cat TV back on. Oh fuck, that is why they're acting up. I forgot to put Cat TV on. Oh my god. You bought them that <laughs> glorious big screen and you didn't even fucking turn it on for them. You monster. I didn't okay, I didn't buy it. I inherited the big screen. Oh. Well, then it becomes completely reasonable that your cats have their own television. My mistake! (laughs) The only thing I got was the fire stick so that they could watch TV on it. (laughs) That's right. You just bought accoutrement for the television to make it more functional for, again, and I cannot stress this enough, your cats. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see anything weird about that. Because you are raising screen-addicted cats. (laughs) Anywho... I like it. Picasso. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is something really magnetic about the lotus leaf design that I cannot deny. Is it because it's glass over metal and thus is a conduit for magnetic fields? Very funny. No, it's not. A, it's actually not. A, 
It's not a conduit because the enamel coating makes it so. Is that true? Um, actually, Ken, I've sent you a picture. If you would let me know if you feel the magnetic pull towards the Catherine Holm Lotus Leaf design yourself. Does glass insulate against magnetism? Do you know a science? Write in antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I sorry, I was bullshitting for a second there. I actually do not know if that's true. We're very stupid, but we love to learn. Given that glass is used as an insulator, I assume it is, but I don't know if enamel counts. It's an insulator for electricity, though. Oh, fuck! I got magnets and electricity mixed up. Tell me if you like the design or not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate it. Yeah, well, that's kind of the uh, reaction that I expected. Because I'm me? Now, why don't you like it? It looks like every scene in Mad Men where a man hits his wife. That is the wildest thing I've ever heard in my life. Does it not look like that? I feel like you just say about that about anything that was made in the 60s. I mean, true, but... (laughs) That doesn't make it look less like that. Well, well, I happen to think that it's beautiful, vivid colors and simplicity make it really attractive in a way that I feel like it would really fit in with a lot of other things in my home, you know? I feel like there's a way to do simplicity and bright colors in a way that doesn't evoke. I'm so sorry to everyone who likes Nordicana and mid-century modern. I'm sorry that we are as flippant as we are grim. We are both those things, admittedly. But I think that they're really cute. I think that they could work with a variety of design styles. And if you're like me and you are suddenly deeply hungry for this, you could buy some. (laughs) Welcome to capitalism. Uh, You could just purchase it. Well, I don't know what that windup was all about. (laughs) Interestingly, Catherine Holm comes in all colors that you could imagine, except purple for some reason. Well, that's the royal color. Us proles can't have it. I guess maybe like no one was good enough for it, but you can get shades of red. Exactly one yellow, shades of blue, shades of green, exactly one brown. Wait, only one brown is- are we sure this is mid-century? Only one shade of brown? Are you maybe dialing into why people like it now? No? Unbelievable. I mean, I was really excited to find out that brown was not the bulk of the colors that made it up. It's very similar, in my opinion, to Fiesta Wear, and I think it would pair really beautifully with Fiesta Wear. Those really gorgeous, rich colors. Most of the lotus dishes have a white petal on single color background, or single color petals on a white background, however, these are a lot less common. Even less common than that is the two-tone options, which is exactly two, which is lime on lemon, or turquoise blue on sky blue. The French blue, which uh, I had seen it referred to as electric blue, and I do agree, it is very vivid, is almost as rare as the black and on white pieces, which are so hard to find that it is a suspicion that they might have only ever been made as samples. So, the secret electric blue. The secret, well, it's not a secret, everybody knows about it, but the elusive electric blue, perhaps. It does seem kind of buck wild that they made this color only as a salesman sample, when the point of a salesman sample is look at what we can sell you and if you can't buy it that system kind of falls apart well that's not necessarily uh this is so fucking stupid i do industrial samples now for product lines and it's quite possible that these were actually just sent to distributors to see hey do you think you would want this and the distributors were the ones who said go eat a thousand ants off the ground i don't want it so this is more of a prototype of like we could make this if you wanted it and everyone was like i don't actually because they have no taste exactly 
it's an interesting side note. I used to wonder how, if something was made as a sample, why there were still so many examples of it. And now that I work uh, something similar to that, I do know now it's because there's a lot of distributors that you have to send this to to try to get a feel on if it's going to sell. So you could have lots of samples out there. Of a thing no one wanted. Well, everyone wants it now. Well, now it's rare, it's special, it's new, it's fresh. And yet so vintage, so retro, so evocative of a time gone by when cigarettes were good for you. Uh, Yeah? Even more exciting is that these come in a huge variety of kitchenware in general. You have every kind of cookware imaginable, casserole dishes, 10 plus sizes of bowls, kettles, percolators, teapots, canisters, spice cans, and salt and peppers even, although those are quite hard to find. This mix and matchability really adds to their appeal. And one fun thing about the bowls is that the size of the lotus pattern varies depending on the size of the bowl, which now that I say it out loud, It seems like the kind of thing that only I think is neat, but I think it's neat. (laughs) I am sure at least one person listening agrees with you that it is neat. (laughs) Thank you. As for cost, that is where things get a little bit spicy, is because there is a real cult of personality around these things. The personality of Catherine? Oh wait, she doesn't exist! She's fake! I tricked you! Well, no, the personality of the pieces themselves. Oh Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Generally, it's considered kind of a steal if you can get a piece for under $50. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) This is why the the more I was reading about it, the more surprised I was that I'd never stopped to consider or heard about this like at all. Because this is a very hot piece. These are hot. And that obviously, as you probably are guessing, can amplify to the several hundreds, depending on the piece, its rarity, its condition. Whether you're selling it in New Bedford or New York. Whether you're selling it in New Bedford or New York. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of those things where online the prices are astronomical. Absolute top of the line. So if you have some you're looking to sell, I would stick with the internet. If you're looking to buy, I would stick with going around to antique stores and yard sales. Hit up your local savers. You never know what'll turn up. Yeah, hey, I have gotten some nice stuff at savers. Even better, your goodwill. Ooh. Although I hear in the Midwest the Goodwills are wiling out like the savers are up here. A worm? Yeah, everybody thinks that everything they have is worth a million dollars. Oh no. <laughs> and as with all really good things that everyone loves, other than Ken, <laughs> you have the one really big specter to be concerned about. Ken. Which is reproductions and knockoffs. Oh. It's Ken <laughs> coming into your home and saying, this makes me think are extremely unpleasant thoughts because of the show Mad Men. And it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> reproductions and knockoffs. And loud little kitties. They go murmur, murmur. Could we perhaps have a moment of not going murmur, murmur? Have you considered they have a lot of feelings and no other ventilation for these feelings? They've got toys. Wow. You're just going to toys parent your children, are you? <laughs> iPad babies. It's iPad babies, but they're actually like felt ball and worm on a string babies. <laughs> iPad babies is that the iPad is a big screen TV that's just for the cats. <laughs> I watch it too. The cat TV, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Very soothing. You are also watching trail cam footage of songbirds. (laughs) Anyway, um, the reproductions, you mostly have to worry about lotus leaf. If you think I'm talking about lotus leaf specifically a whole lot, that's because it's pretty much the only one anyone cares about, which means it's the only one that got reproduced. Luckily, there's one huge flaw with most reproductions and knockoffs of the lotus leaf. The shape of the lotus leaf itself is wrong. If I was reproducing something where the entire point was a very simple geometric shape, I would maybe get that shape correct. That would be my guess as well. 
so, whereas on the real deal, the lotus leaf is a sort of elongated teardrop leaf shape that has a central line going down the middle, with the fatter end, the fatter portion being on the end pointing up or down, depending on the... Anyway, you get the idea. It's got a thin part, which is where the leaf would meet the branch, perhaps, and the fat part. On reproductions, the fat part is smack in the middle, making it a coffee bean shape. Are we sure there's a Lotus Reef Reproductions and not merely a hot new line of coffee beans? So far as I know, they are not. If you've got different intel, please let me know. Now, it does complicate things that Catherine Holm is not always marked. Some had paper tags, which might not be included in the piece any longer, as who the hell holds on to those for a piece that they're using in their actual real kitchen. And as for other reproductions, there is actually a licensed reproduction being made by Lucy Koss, who is actually working with Arne Clausen's estate, who you might remember as the gentleman who designed the leaf itself, thus sullying Kittleson's designs forever. Uh, They're currently producing lotus leaf pieces similar to the originals, but they are marked Lucy Koss with Arne Clausen. Another note about enamelware in general, you know, if we're talking about kitchenware, I I always want to bring this up. Enamelware is broadly very safe to use. Broadly. Broadly. Enamel coating, when it's properly cared for, is not porous, it does not absorb, it does not leach. That being said, there's nothing wrong with doing a lead test if you've got kids or you are concerned, because when it's not properly cared for, the metal underneath the enamel, which previously did feature heavy metals that you probably don't want in your food, does leach through, and sometimes those those spots where the enamel's rusted off or flake can't be really obvious. So the caveat is it's got to be in really good condition for it to still be usable. Any kitchenware, new or old, if it's got markings, if it's marred up, I wouldn't recommend using it. No scuffs. That goes double for old stuff, obviously. Uh, The other caveat is the red tones frequently featured cadmium. What's a little cadmium between friends? And the cadmium was in the frit itself, and the state of California does not like things to be made with cadmium for a variety of health reasons. But if you don't live in California, it's no longer poisonous. Enjoy. That's the fun thing about poison and the California laws is that (laughs) it's not real if you're not there. This is only poisonous if you are within the bounds of California. Yeah, I would recommend that your red pieces perhaps stay as display. As an artist, I don't like messing around with cadmiums in my body. That's not just a humble brag. As an artist, you do encounter a lot of paints made with cadmium, specifically cadmium red. Yeah, as an artist, you tend to learn about this after you ate it. Just wanted to clarify in case anyone was confused as to why you were dropping your, by the way, I went to art school into this moment in particular. (laughs) No, this isn't a flex. It's it's actually just a really fast way to learn about what can and can't kill you in colors. Why you shouldn't clean your paintbrushes with your mouth and why you shouldn't drink your paint water. Please don't. Like, I know it's a funny joke and all, but like, don't do that. If you do it regularly, please uh, seek medical advice. (laughs) The medical advice will be, don't. The medical advice will be a smack in the back of your head. The medical advice will be, quit it, get help. Stop it, get help. As for keeping your enamelware pieces, such as your Catherine Holm, in tip-top condition so that they can continue to be used and enjoyed for many, many years, the number one thing is keeping them dry. That You don't want these things sitting in water, and you also don't want to be using abrasives on it. A very light soap should be plenty, since it's a smooth surface, and when you are washing it, you should be drying it using paper towels or a towel. No air drying. Air drying does leave the opportunity for rust to sneak through. With the Catherine Holm pieces in particular, some of the serving pieces have metal rings on top that serve as handles for the lids. These are removable and are probably the number one accumulation of rust. 
So don't eat rust. That's my other, like, I learned that in art school too. Well, there goes my plans for the weekend. Thanks, Dee. Ha! <laughs> Sorry. More rust for me. <laughs> this is your plan all along. <laughs> And that is Catherine Holm. I thank you, Sarita, so much for showing me this. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, if anyone knows why it's called Catherine Holm, origin story would be delightful. Catherine, if you're out there, email us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Sources for today include hammerandaheadband.com, Catherine Holm Collector's Guide, foundbyapropstylist.com, Catherine Holm, carenowfurniture.co.uk, the retro appeal of Catherine Holm, and modernarmada.wordpress.com, and Wikipedia. Blessed Wikipedia, donate, won't you? Thank you. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr at antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com or on Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you want to tell us how much you want to see more of us talking about our respective religious backgrounds, feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. Ten out of ten. That's what I'm here for. And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we read and review a chapter of the Victorian Penny Dreadful Varney the Vampire, The Feast of Blood. Special thanks to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right, you. Au revoir. Goodbye. <laughs>